Hey everyone, no super fun drop and uh, no intro today because I'm editing it and not the lovely Chris Taylor. Uh, so you are stuck with absolute nothingness until the podcast start. Thanks for listening, everybody. See, there you go. And now I'm not going to touch anything. Great. We're going. Screw it. <laughs> okay, we're going live. We'll do it live. Okay, so we're doing it live. This isn't going to YouTube. I'm in charge of recording this. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. And it's a wing it Wednesday. It's the best Wednesday. It's a whole bunch of, let me just turn my camera on. It's just a whole bunch of, whole bunch of things. So it's just me and you, Mark. There's... A bunch of shit going on in Scotch Sporting Land this week. So it's just us. And I just got back from vacation yesterday, so no notes. There is a rap <laughs> there is a Raptors game on right now, so I feel like we won't do a whole hour of podcasting. And the Jays are on playing the uh playing the, the Red, Red Sox, Sox, so pretty pretty big day in Toronto. The Leafs are not playing. Nope, they played last night. So that's good. At least we have that. And what we're going to do this week is I'm just going to go into our Scotch porting thread from today because I feel like we talked a lot about some crazy shit. Oh, some great shit. Uh, okay. So first, I mean, we're going to bounce around as we always do, but we're not starting off talking about weird shit. Like, yeah, that's weird. Me? We were going to just like... I, I like, thought you were going to talk about your vacation or we'd talk about Chris getting COVID and how I didn't get COVID oh, somehow. Boy. Did you guys see each other? We went to the Jays game together. Oh, so he th he got it from opening day? I don't know if it's from opening day or from where he works because he stopped wearing the mask at work, I think. Oh. Because Lindsay sent me a text saying Chris got tested positive. So I have this these rapid tests that they gave me from work. Like, I was able to finally use that. I'm like, hey, you know, let me test myself for once. Man, shoving the thing on my nose is awful. Yeah. But uh, I tested negative, so I'm good. And no symptoms. No, nothing. Because I, when Dave got it, he te Dave tested positive right away. Like, the day he got a scratchy throat, he, he was yeah. positive. I was symptomatic for three days before I tested positive on the 4th. Oh, really? Eh? Yeah, it was, it was, and it was negative, 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 and then slight, ever so slight positive line on, like, the fifth day. Ah. So, it was, yeah, think, but. I think Chris tested positive, or negative twice before on his third test, he tested positive. Yeah, if you're testing negative and you're not symptomatic, I wouldn't yeah. be worried, but, yeah. you know. Um... Just a second. Well, maybe I'll figure out how to edit this. Um, Dave asked me a question. I'm the one recording, and I do not want to edit this. So there might be some ums and ahs and pauses and shit in this, but we'll see. Oh, it's going to be raw and uncut. Just <gasps> raw, the way to like it. Raw and unfil- uh, There's a circumcised penis joke in there, and I am just way too tired to think about it. Uh, vacation was good. We were in Jamaica for five days, two, or six days, two of those being travel days. It is 
if you have not traveled with a child and are considering traveling with a child, my two pieces of advice would be figure out a way to relax. Because Dave and I are very rigid and, and like, schedule-oriented people. <laughs> and when we were there, we were like, every three hours, okay, we gotta get back to the room to put Rowan down for a nap. Uh, you know, we can't go out to dinner any later than seven because that's when he goes to bed. But then we saw, like, we went out to, we got a babysitter one night. The resort had people you could hire. And really? We, wow. We went out to dinner at, like eight and there was fucking babies out at dinner and we were like should we just <laughs> is it us are we the problem um and like oh let's just let him pass out in a stroller on the beach instead of like gotta get him back to it. so part of it was us just not relaxing but it's like you can't relax the same way as you used to and i think dave and no, i no nothing got like a child that like age yeah and so i think dave and i went into this vacation imagining it was gonna be like because we haven't been anywhere obviously since covid so we haven't done anything for a long time so we went into this thinking it would be the same as you know relaxing vacations as before yeah and i so now with a little companion that's all yeah so we were we're usually adventure travelers and we were considering going to boston instead this weekend uh because the bruins were home and had a day game the red sox were home the next day it was over and we were just like no with a baby let's make it as easy as possible and i th i feel like boston might have been the better the better because it's like well we're not relaxing anyways so why don't we just adventure so it was almost like being at home, but at a resort. Would you have taken uh, Rowan to the both hockey oh, and baseball yeah. games? Would have bought him little headphones, brought him with us. Yeah. But it was almost going to Boston for four days was almost the same price as flying to an all-inclusive for six days. Just wow. With tickets and, and because both teams were home, hotels were like $400 oh, right. a night. So there was a sense. crazy markup on hotels and plus flights and foods. And so we just said, fuck it. But, you know, it was it was really it was our first time going anywhere in a post COVID world. And the answer, if anyone was wearing masks at the resort was no. <laughs> <laughs> the, Much like everyone at this Raptors game. Yeah. Well, we were at the we went to opening day. Uh, it was me, you and Chris. And yeah. I would say the percentage of people wearing masks, I would put it around 20%. Yeah, it, it was significantly lower than people yeah. without masks. Because obviously the rules are like, hey, please wear a mask unless you're eating and drinking. And, and people, I think, were all just like, well, we're eating and drinking the whole time. <laughs> Did we? We haven't recorded since opening day, have we? Did we? we? No, we record before opening day, because that's when I surprised you with Chris being there. Cause, what a nice surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about the, f the food? Mm, mm -hmm. So if we haven't, if we haven't recorded since opening day, we can, we can talk a little, because like, what a, what a downer of a first couple innings. Oh God, it was seven nothing. But I think we were all like, at least we're here. Like, you know, it's yeah. still awesome. It's only one game. And then when they came back, it was like, oh, holy shit. This is, then it got really exciting. 
Yeah. Um, the food. Ooh, I thought I thought the dome sucked before. It was disappointing. Yeah. Wow. It's worse now. It's so bad. We there's nothing special like the special things Mary Brown's. But all you they didn't can... bring your signature thing. It was the chicken sandwiches and the tenders. It's like, give me my chicken. Mm-hmm. Or pickle chips. I didn't get my pickle chips. You could get potato wedges. Yep. And two types of sandwiches. And one type of tender. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about, and though I think they are quite loaded with the MSG, so thankfully I didn't get any of this, but I was like, well, I'll get, I didn't want a sandwich, but I was like, I'll get Nashville hot chicken if they do it in, in the tenders. No, no. No, no, no. One type of What tender. you do is you ask him for the sandwich, but then tell him to hold the bread and the lettuce, and they're like, oh, you just want the patty? Yes, just Nashville. Yeah. Patty. Well, but I wanted the tenders. I wanted a couple strips. <laughs> so that their, their big thing was was Mary Brown's and that was disappointing and only at one location and I think and there's no line because they didn't bring what they were supposed to bring or what people thought they were going to bring and I think you and Chris did what we did which so Dave and I did an, a lap of the entire 100 level looking for the cool foods it's all back to the like shitty burger Yep. And chicken, like it's the shit that we had back in the early two thousands. Yeah, there's nothing good. I'm, I was no. so bummed. And that's why second game I went with Rothman. I brought in porchetta. Yeah, you have to bring your own food, which is really disappointing because Toronto has really great food. Which is nice. I mean, some places don't even let you bring in food, so I'm thankful for that. Yeah, but and then the craft beer station was such a joke because <laughs> it's was it? well it's like mill street in amsterdam and not quite in goose island and not you know just because you're not like labats doesn't mean you're a craft beer but it's also <laughs> not on tap it's just all it's cans it's a couple fridges of cans from those places so it's like well i can buy this at the lcbo <laughs> for a third of what this costs here so Dave and I went to tacos before, so we didn't really. But it was it was uh, the food was such a bummer. But the game ended up really good. But then Dave and I made the rookie mistake of calling a cab from downtown. Oh, and it, you guys had to leave early because the babysitter. We left early because of the babysitter and because it was the game had been on for three hours, and it was the sixth inning. <laughs> we expected it to be near completion. By the time we we felt we had to go home. I mean, in a normal game, it would have been done by then. But with the amount of hits and offense and yeah. all the pregame, you know, celebrations of all the awards that they were getting, added up to the running time there. And we made the, for all you non-Torontonians, uh, advice, and Torontonians, please feel free to laugh. I blame the fact that we hadn't really been to an opening day in years and years. And, and our this was our first, like, big event downtown we made the rookie move of calling the Uber to right by the dome. Yeah. And it, it so many streets are closed. It took probably <laughs> half an hour to get out of that core. 
and we live in Leslieville, so on on the best of days, it takes us maybe it would take maybe fifteen minutes to drive from the dome if if traffic was pretty good. And this was, I think, we it took us about forty five, maybe longer to get. Did you end up having to meet up the Uber driver outside, like the closed off zone. Is that what happened, or no? Find, we called in? it. Uh, if you're not familiar with Toronto, there's a street called Wellington. Which is so we called him on Wellington, but he came to the south side of the street, so his GPS was telling him to turn south on a street that was closed, and so then he had and had we like literally just called him to the north side of the street, he could have gone right up. Oh frig, what is it? It's not Spadina, but it's it, and he could have gone right up that street. Oh, okay. So he kind of got stuck too, but it the move is. You walk like two blocks to King Street mm-hmm. and call it at King Street. Yes. And we didn't fucking do that. I'm so mad. Mad at the food, but it was a good game and I was happy with the surprise. Mm-hmm. And how many games have you been to since? Just the one after that? Just the one. Yeah, the Sunday with Rothman uh, against the Oakland Athletics. Nice. I, so. A concern about the Blue Jays? No, I mean, without I mean, without T. Oscar, their number four hitter, it does significantly impact the the offense a bit. But last year they had to do without George Springer for a long time, and they still mm-hmm. managed ninety one wins. Mm-hmm. So, and they're still tied for first place in the division. So, yep. nothing to worry about. They're five one against Boston right now. Brios is, you know, last two starts, including this one, have been spectacular. It's a, it's a slog. Baseball's a tough slog. Like, you can have all of the excitement and all of the hype behind a team, and then it, it gets tiring. Like, it's 162 games. Like, it's it's long. As long as you're within a couple of games of first place in a division, no matter what time of the year or yeah. where you're at schedule, it's fine. Okay, so hold on. I'm going to go in our chat. Uh... This is going to be bouncing around everywhere because we talked about a lot of cool shit today. Uh, okay. Oh, no. We got to go back further. So the... I, I did also, like, if I had actually got our shit together, I did want to talk about critical refereeing in Toronto. Because I feel like the, the Raptors are being... So the Raptors, I feel, are being victimized. By although tonight they're getting the calls tonight for once because do you think the refs that. are getting swept up? Do you think refs get swept up in the hype of the game? I don't know. In basketball, I can see it for sure. Yeah, because it's a factor game. Baseball has no excuse because you're going really slow. You have one job. Just call the fucking strike zone consistently. Nope. I don't care what you set it as. Just call the same. Every fucking time. And even that, even that bugs me. That you and I can have the same job with the same set of rules, but it's like, oh, this is Mark Bunn's strike zone, and this yeah. is Taylor's strike zone. And not even that, it's this is Mark's strike zone today. Yeah. And this is what Taylor's strike zone is today. Or even like this batter, and then this batter, and then this batter. How it changes with this one. How it's not a set... I can almost get behind that argument. 
Because it's like, okay, it's from the, all of our, we have standardized uniforms. You and I are different heights. Actually, we're pretty similar heights. But you can go from where, where the lettering on your uniform hits your chest to two inches below the waist. That changes because uh, with the different heights of people, and that's fine. But it is a st- everything in baseball is the same. Everything in baseball is a standard measurement. Yeah. And for a critical point of the game to be up to someone's completely subjective call is so annoying. I I just and the so the Blue Jays were the victims of some shitty calls. Um, so specific, was it the Montoya, who was it? The yeah, we, we got ejected earlier in the game. Was that the Saturday game against the A's? Yeah, that was the Saturday game, yeah. Uh, when the umpire made a startling 27 missed calls? Yeah. Picked up by NBC Jeff Sports? Jeff Nelson, people. And I don't know if you posted the clip on Twitter or I saw it, um, the... One that was two inches off the plate and the one that was three and a half inches off the plate. That's what Montoya got kicked out of. I just, looking at that, I don't know how you don't accept robots. Yeah, they were talking about on the radio afterwards, and I know players voted down the robots, but they might be for the automatic strike zone that they're trying to work in. So tell me the difference with the automatic strike zone. So basically, it's the same as we see on TV that there's a graphic setup. Yep. And the, the the idea is to have an umpire just call off of that. Yeah, great. Sure. Makes sense. I'm cool with that. That's great. That's amazing. That's yeah. that's what I. We have the technology. Exactly. We see all these freaking stupid graphics showing us where the ball goes in terms of vertical depth and how it dips and stuff like all that stuff. Like, just use it. It's there. We it's have like the technology that a, that a human being does not have to subjectively make these calls. Yeah. Like that looked And there'd be less arguments. It's like, okay, oh, no, it's a strike. Can't argue that. Here we go. Review it. Oh, well, it, it was a strike. I just, I don't understand how you can make a call like that was a strike, be presented with photographic evidence that it wasn't, and be like, mm-hmm. well... That's what I called it, so... Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm wrong. Tough so I'm shit. Sure it's, it's, yeah. Even if I said I'm wrong, I can't do anything about it. Well, I called it, so... And it'd be nice later. to know if these umpires get held accountable, like, behind the scenes of these horrible jobs they do. Because when a player does bad, we see it, we can yell at them, we can make fun of them, and we won't get in trouble. But if an umpire does it, like you sent that tweet of the picture. You can't even bring in a sign just stating facts of what that guy did the night before. So someone uh, posted on Twitter. Um, uh, this is at CJ. Forget our whole username. Uh, I fought really hard, but they will not allow me in with the sign because it's considered to be, get this, critical of the umpire. It might be seen to be saying the umpire just did a bad job, and it is a woman that is attempting to bring in a sign about Jeff Nelson that just literally, it wasn't saying anything, it just broke down the stats of the game from the day it was, before. It was the tweet from the umpire's four cards that she used. That was it. And it Stating wasn't fat. allowed to bring it in, and then was taken away by security and given a coat check tag to go claim it at the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> 
So if you're going to make these stupid calls, I just, and then of course the Blue Jays faced Angel, faced, this is, you were always facing the Empire, faced Angel Hernandez, who also made some ridiculous calls. Um, and then obviously with what the Raptors went through in the first two games. Yeah. Uh, did you feel the same way as Dave did that, you know, the Raptors were playing against an extra man on the court? Absolutely. Especially that last game, and then B coming on saying, oh, tell him to be quiet about the fishing. Fuck you. Yeah, very easy for you to say when you're getting all of the calls. Getting all the freaking calls, yeah. So with baseball, I, I don't feel it is necessarily nefarious. You know, I think, like, there are certain teams that quote-unquote get the calls, like the Yankees and the Red Sox. But I think at the end of the day, any... Any issue with officiating in baseball is because it's so subjective. But yeah. with basketball, it... Basketball is super subjective. It's so bad. Yeah. Do you think that's it? The, the, yeah, uh, because they, they can't consistently call the same hand check files as they do with other players. Like, how does James Harden get to the line like 20 times in a game? Whereas, like, I got the Siakam only gets maybe 10. Yeah, you're saying, like, James Harden just has the misfortune of being fouled so much? Or yeah. officiating yeah. is just so... He's like, oh, he's a superstar? Oh, he, he, he fell to the floor? He must have been fouled. I will call a foul. Yeah, it's like, it's the big personalities that you notice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I used to, I might have told this story. It, I used, I had a friend back in university, and we were playing a game where you had to yell the answer. And, like, the first to yell the answer got the point. And she would always yell the loudest and, and, sure. and like repeat her answer over and over. So you thought she got it in first, but no, she just, she got it in after other people, but just yelled it the loudest. So is that the same with officiating in basketball? Is the, the louder players kind of get it, noticed? Yeah, it might just be. That, that's a good analogy because... Guys who tough it out like Van Fleet, I feel, won't get the calls. Is it a toughing it, or is it like the Raptors don't have a superstar? So they're they're not getting those calls. That might work into that theory, but but then it just goes to show, like, why do you need a superstar to get the calls? Just yeah. call it equally everywhere. Do you think there is anything slightly nefarious about not necessarily wanting a Canadian team further into the finals? Well, let's not forget, basketball is the only sport that I know so far that had a referee indicted on mm-hmm. gambling charges of mixed games, so... Mm-hmm. Even if it can't isn't, rule against it. even if it, who's the the commissioner? Mark Silver is that it? Adam. Adam Silver. Yeah. Okay. I thought you said Mark Adam. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure it's oh, Silver. No, no. <laughs> so, like, I don't think it's like Adam Silver sending out a memo being like, "Here are the big market teams that are left. These are the ones that have to be in the finals." Yeah. But it it could be you know as simple as like the refs are kind of rooting like. There's maybe an unconscious bias, maybe? It could. I mean, that's with anything, especially with the 
um, sports where gambling is, you know, prevalent now in every aspect of the game. Yeah. Say these rest, you know, on the side, you know, making these bets. Well, and we did the episode about that a couple weeks ago of like, there's so much money behind gambling and sports now. Are you telling me it's all clean? Because I do not believe you. So I'm just looking at, like, uh, who's in the playoffs. We have the Brooklyn Nets, the Boston Celtics, 76ers, obviously the Raptors, the Bulls, the Bucks, the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, the Mavericks, the Jazz, the Golden State Warriors, the Denver Nuggets. Like, looking at the Memphis Grizzlies-Minnesota Timberwolves game, actually they're both kind of B-market teams. I don't know, it's kind of, so the Raptors, the Raptors and the 76ers of, of the matchups right now are the the only kind of David versus Goliath in terms of kind in of. In terms of market? Yeah, in terms of market. I would say the Nets and the Celtics are pretty even. Yeah. The Bulls, just because of their history, the Bucks because of Giannis. Well, depending, and they're defending champions. Grizzlies versus Timberwolves, I feel that's a, both a bit of a, like, dear God, I hope neither of these teams make it too far. That's, that's true. Same yeah. with same with the Mavericks and the Jazz. I think it's a bit like, oh, I don't want either of these guys. Warriors, maybe the the Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. That's a good one. Like, I'm per, I bet, I bet Denver fans, please add us. <laughs> Are the Nuggets getting any of the calls? Because I, I, I would bet dollars to donuts their fans are going through the same thing the Raptors are. Uh, Probably. I haven't paid too much attention to that series, obviously. We have the Heat and the uh, Hawks. That's another one. I bet the Heat are get, I'm curious to see that one. The Phoenix Suns and the Pelicans. The Pelicans just had a big upset. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm curious if De- the Denver fans and... Uh, and Atlanta Hawk fans are kind of feeling the same way. I don't know. They might. I mean, I, I would have to look at the, the stats to see if there's any huge discrepancy in the level that Toronto gets. But please do. I'm very. I'm very curious. So, I, but the Raptors, you know, at the end of the day, like the Raptors beat the extra man before, mm-hmm. but they had Kawhi when they did it. Yeah. They had a superstar. They had the superstar that was also probably getting some of the calls, although I remember the officiating being a bit suspect. So Dave and I yeah. were talking about all of the, the all of the Toronto teams. Do the Leafs, the Leafs, because they're the powerful ones in the NHL, do they get the calls or because, like, the NHL has a bit of a tall poppy syndrome thing, right? I feel the Leafs don't get the calls because they're the really good, they're the Leafs. Uh, I think the stats show that the Leafs actually don't draw a lot of penalties compared to other teams. So there is a bias there because they have one of the best part. Well, should they have the best power play in the league? Um, but their goals, power play goals total, is nowhere near, say, a team like I think Florida is ahead of them in that department. Let me just check real quick. Yeah, because we were talking like it's uh, David. It's tough being a Toronto fan of a team because. We're the small potatoes. At the end of the day, there's got to be some bias about like who do we want in the championships, Brooklyn or Toronto? You know, but it, is hockey the same because the Leafs are that big team? Yeah. So the top two teams in the NHL in terms of power play opportunities, or top three, I should say, 
Colorado at 256, Florida at 244, Pittsburgh at 237. That's power play Leafs, opportunities. Opportunities. Okay. The Leafs are all the way down. Let's see what. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12. So 20th at 217 opportunities. So they're not getting the calls. No. Huh. Is and imagine good? how many more goals they would have scored if they were given the same amount of opportunities. So you Colorado, said, Colorado. who are the top ones again? Colorado, Florida, and Pittsburgh. Those are two smaller market teams. Yeah. So hockey is almost the opposite of basketball and baseball of fuck you big market teams <laughs> interesting interesting so speaking of Leafs you are convinced you are getting Copacabana that was one of the other well, things we talked about in our chat it's the best chance that they've had since I've been a Leafs fan so uh, this is the best Leafs team I've ever seen for those that don't know the history of Scotch Sporting, Chris and Mark have a bet of whomever's team, Chris is being the San Jose Sharks, Mark being the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, win a Stanley Cup first, the other takes them out for Copacabana. I will be joining, but not being paid for, and the loser treats the winner to an all-you-can-eat steak gorge bonanza. <laughs> so are you just like, you don't want to jinx it? I don't want to jinx it, but I'm confident they'll get past the first one at least, for sure. Even if they face Tampa, I guess they 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 fisted Tampa. They fisted Tampa, and they fisted Boston twice. Mm-hmm. So either teams, and in fact, uh, in the Eastern Conference within the division itself, the Leafs had the best record against the other opponents. So Florida, Tampa, and Boston. Is there anyone they, only- they could face that they don't have a winning record? Uh, that would be Pittsburgh in the Eastern Conference. Could they face them? No. Yeah. They, because Pittsburgh's either locked in the... They're either going to get the third spot or the wild card spot in their division. I'm just... I'm very happy, although Boston's record against Carolina is also trash. I'm, I'm happy to potentially... And not just 0-3, like... A blow, bad 0-3. I think it was two blowouts 0-3. Yeah. I'm just happy it is looking unlikely that the Leafs and the Bruins will face in the first round. I, it still could happen. Tampa's been, like, uh, struggling. Like, they lost to Detroit last night at what, home. What has to happen? Uh, Boston, I believe, is only one point behind Tampa, and there's four games left. Uh... Maybe Tampa's purposely tanking so that they don't face the Leafs because they'd rather face... Uh, Florida, who they're two zero and one against. They are Carolina. Tampa is a very crafty team, as we all. I mean, know. Last year I was going right? to say so... with their IR uh, little uh, shenanigans. shenanigans last season, I I wouldn't put tanking to not face the Leafs in the first round. I in would... fact, in within their division. Like, between Florida, Toronto, Tampa, and Boston, they own the worst record in playing against the other teams in the division. So they probably want to face, like, a Carolina or New York whoever wins that division and finish that wildcard spot. And I don't know who... Maybe this... I feel like Boston's out the first round. Like, I don't know... I'm not confident with anyone they could potentially face. 
Uh, they own a 3 0 one record against Tampa, but they won't face Tampa in the first round. That's the, the issue. Yeah. And then the only winning record they have against another Eastern Conference opponent is Washington, who is also another wildcard team. Toronto, Toronto, I feel like momentum is, is finally behind Toronto. Like, I can't see them choking the way they're playing. No. Like they, I they have three lines that can score. They have the best line in hockey. They have the best power play in the league that hasn't, like, dipped and been shit for a while. It's been consistently the best in the entire league the entire time. And and and, and Campbell continues to play out of his mind. Yeah. I, and they have a penalty field that can score on you. They lead the league in short-handed goals. Blessed be thy Leafs goalies over the last probably 10 years. And I feel like finally there's a good defense and a good team behind that goalie so it's not just all them yeah like i i feel like last leaf playoffs it was they lost because frederick anderson was just like i'm tired guys i can't i can't do this i can't do this anymore and and this is a problem he had before he became leaf he had this problem with the ducks as well winning uh game seven games he don't tell me if it's frederick it's not frederick and he has a history of this. <gasps> he just got to a, He's like me in sports. I play really well, but eventually I just get to a point where I'm like, I don't care enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do really, really well up until like some round of some playoffs and then I'll just collapse because I'm like, eh, whatever. I don't care. I mean, he's a good goalie. I just wouldn't ask him or count on him to steal a game for you in the playoffs. That's all. Or a game seven for that matter. Yeah. Uh, okay, there's my parade gift that I sent. Uh, he said the least. Oh man, you're. I wish you'd jinx it. I'm just. <laughs> I do, again, I just want to go on record as saying I will not be upset if the Leafs win the Stanley Cup because I want to see. Having witnessed what happened when the Raptors won. Yeah. I, I need, and, and be, uh, being downtown when Joey Bats hit the home run, being a little kid in Toronto when when the Blue Jays won the first World Series, like, I can't, the golden goal? Yeah. I can't imagine. I think all of that's just gonna fucking pale in comparison to... It's 50, 50 plus years of just pent up it it is a stat that just and it's not even a stat it's just a fact that just continues to blow my mind it is not only have the Leafs not won a Stanley Cup since 67 yeah they haven't been to the finals in in that long they haven't even made it to the Stanley Cup in that long and how many teams were in the league in 1967 six six they haven't made it. And this is, I'm not trying, this isn't me shitting on Leaf fans. It is just like, it is just a statistic that blows my mind. I mean, they made four conference finals. So it's like they were close a couple times, especially in 93, which would have set up a dream finals against the Montreal Canadiens. But they just, they haven't made it. Yeah. To the finals of their sport since there were more than six teams in the league. And this is a franchise that could buy, like, they could, they could have done it. 
before mm-hmm. the salary cap era, they could have bought their way. Oh, they tried to before the cap came in. Now, if you remember, they traded for Brian Leach, Ron Francis, mm-hmm. Joe Hoondike. But these were all guys past their prime. Those, mm-hmm. They were just loading up. It just... It, it had... Like, I can't imagine your frustration as a Leaf fan. Because other franchises... So... Can you do any analysis, or have they and they just haven't gotten close? Other franchises just blow up and start again and rebuild. Mm-hmm. So wh- why haven't the Leafs done that? Or they just keep getting so close? Well, that's the thing. They didn't really start, they didn't really actually blow up until Shanahan came around and said, okay, we're blowing this fucking thing up. And that's how they got Matthews. Yeah. They finally committed to a full rebuild. That first year, Babcock, they finished dead last in the NHL. Yeah. It was a full commitment rebuild. And they already had a couple of draft picks lined up in Elander and Mitch Murder that year. So when they finally got Matthews, there's your core of young talent that you can get to build from. And now, that- I know they've had success, but again, these kids are still under 26 years old. Give them some time. Well, and that's it of the Leafs regardless of how they did are one of the most marketable franchises mm-hmm. globally i wouldn't say globally north, north america maybe yeah because hockey itself is a sport that isn't like huge globally. That's, that's the issue right they're a, they're an incredibly marketable franchise and i yes. remember going like we we both probably went to games in in the early 2000s and they these they still sold out they've been selling out as long as i can remember mm-hmm. you know we, i've told the story before that we used to i went to a ton of baseball games growing up because my dad's company had corporate tickets and no one wanted them so my dad yeah. he took me my brother wanted nothing to do with it so my dad and i went probably like 10 times a year and it was before the in the action seats but so a couple rows back from home plate and we went probably 10 times a year do you know how many in my in my lifetime of my father's storied career at imperial oil how many times we got their corporate leaf tickets once (laughs) when i was eight eight or nine and my parents deemed it too violent so i didn't get to go Hockey was too violent? Hockey was too violent. They took my brother, <laughs> who is four years older than me. I did not get to go. Once. He's a boy, so it's okay. Exactly. Once they got those corporate tickets. <laughs> Where so, were they? Uh oh, in the like the gold, wherever every you know, all the fancy people in the suits buy the buy the tickets. Is this after ACC was built, or no, this would have been at the gardens. Gardens. Okay. I was, I was maybe eight or nine, so this was still at the gardens. Okay. But and Dave and I was so Dave through Dave's work and Dave's family and and a cousin of mine. We've we've been we've been blessed with good leaf tickets, you know, since mm-hmm. Dave and I have been together, and we got um, the scores corporate seats. Uh, a couple years Ooh. ago to uh, a Leafs Bruins game. And we were probably of the entire gold ring. So the lower bowl, if you're not familiar with the ACC, it's probably the first 20 seats all around the arena. We were 
maybe one of 5% that were in their seats the whole time. <laughs> uh, people were in their seats at the beginning of the game, but then after the, at the start of the second period and the third period, empty. Really? Eh? Everyone just went to went to drink at the season ticket holder thing. There's a special like fancy people clubhouse that so we we met the people we got the tickets with for a drink. Uh probably I think it was after the second period and it buzzed and they were like, "Oh, do you want to get more drinks?" And I was like, "I I'm going to go watch the I'm going to go watch the game." <laughs> I'm wearing my my Tuka Rask jersey and I'm just going to I'm going to actually go watch the hockey game. This is why I'm here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, my my long-winded point is, like, it must be frustrating for the Leaf fans because there was no reason to blow it up because they were selling it. Like, what are they... Their product is still making you a shitload of money. Who cares Well, I think that's winning? why when Shanahan came in, he came in with the goal of winning a championship, not making money. Making money was not his priority. It's winning a championship. And you know what? Before the whole MLSC and Rogers Act, or... Sorry, the Bell and Rogers acquisition of the Leafs. It was the teachers' union, so they're more interested in profits as opposed to winning championships. So that hurt, especially in the '80s when you had an owner who traded away your best player out of spite, or your your best player's best friend out of spite. Yeah, yeah, like, it, you're right. Like I didn't even think of it. So if you're not familiar, the teachers' union used to own the Leafs. They don't care if yeah. you win. <laughs> Who cares? And, and, and that's, they were selling out, so who gives a shit? Why would you tamper yeah. with your product? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I work in television, and uh, years and years and years ago, our executive producer uh, was a bit of a Looney Tunes. Nice, nice guy. Real lunatic. Like, <laughs> called he called my favorite, my favorite his moment was he called me at like 11 o'clock on a Friday night, wanting to change hotels because the hotel he was in in New York didn't have good snacks. And he was hungry. So it's like, okay, like let's just, I was very young in my career. So I was like, okay, fine. And no one, people kind of wanted him gone. I liked him, but there were people that wanted him gone. But why would you fire him and deal with that and deal with bringing someone else in when your product is the number one show on the channel. Yeah, don't, you know, fix what isn't broken. Yeah, so I feel the Leafs were the same way. Uh, Okay, so going into our chain, okay, your other team, the San Francisco 49ers. What? This came out of nowhere. This came out of nowhere. What is happening? Although I'll say, I remember like uh, last week, I read a report that he had removed all 49ers related content from his Instagram. So this, is, this is Debo Samuel. Yes. The the star of the 49ers. Uh, one of these stars. There, yeah. there are a couple of stars on that team. Yeah. But the offensive star. Yes. yes. Um, but I figured it was just because he wanted to do it for contract talks because... Other players have done this before. I mean, AJ Brown's doing it now with the Titans. Yeah, Robinson sure is sure the same agent as Debo Samuel, by the way. So there might be something to that. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I can't say that he wants to get traded, and he said it's not because of the money. 
it's because of how he's being used. I don't know what that means. Is whether did he not like lining up as running back sometimes? And if he had a problem with that, just tell the coach, I don't want to be a running back anymore. Just let me be a wide receiver. Or if he wants to be a bigger part of the offense. Either or, I would see the Niners saying, yeah, Debo, whatever you want. We'll make it, you know, worth a while. Let's, you know, come together and, you know, win some football games here. So uh, what we were talking about in our chain is I, I understand requesting a trade. So A.J. Brown is doing that with the Titans right now. He's not requesting trade. He just took down his Titans related stuff off his social media. And the Titans are okay. Yeah. So I I understand requesting a trade from, you know, maybe a team that isn't doing very well. Uh like um Rapey McGee look- from Houston. Oh, uh, Hopkins? No. Or you mean Watson? Wow. Yeah. DeAndre, are you saying DeAndre Hopkins rapes people too? No, no, you said request a trade. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, well, the Texans are garbage. So I can understand yeah. being, so football, especially in certain positions, like running back and wide receiver, to be fair, your career might not be the longest in football. Like, running back is a lot less for sure. Running yeah. back for sure. Is so less, I yeah. can see if I'm going only going to be at the top of my game for let's say five years. Yeah. I can see like no, I'm not. I'm not wasting this time on on the Houston Texans. Sent, please, can you trade me to someone that actually has a chance at this? I didn't okay. ask to be drafted by you. I'm here. I did my couple years. I want to trade to someone that actually has a chance. I get that. But mm-hmm. the 49ers aren't that team. They're they're good. You know, I just realized right now, if you think about it, the amount of wide receiver, star wide receivers that requested trades from good teams. Tyreek Hill yep. goes to Miami. Devontae Adams goes to Vegas. Both guys got record-setting contracts. And that's why they left their teams. Hmm. I feel like this is all a money thing. Even though he says it's not a money thing, it's like when Aaron Rodgers last year said, I want to be traded from Green Bay. It's not about the money. Then what happens this year? That's the biggest contract in NFL history and stays in Green Bay. So yeah. this could be the same thing. So Devontae Adams went from Green Bay, who's a perennial playoff team, yep. to Vegas, who is... Just made the playoffs first time last year. A question mark. You know, wow. And yeah. this year, maybe, with him on the team, to be honest, he might be that piece that yeah, they need. It's going to be tough in that division. And then who was the other? Uh, Tyreek Tyree Hill. Hill went from, again, perennial playoff, multiple cha- like championship appearing team mm-hmm. to Miami. Yeah. So maybe that, maybe it's my logic combined with your logic of... Hey, my career's really short. I might only have five years to do this. Trade yeah. me to someone where I'm gonna make fucking bank. Yeah. So at least with Tyreek Hill, he has his championship already. Yeah. So he doesn't need to chase it. And I guess Devontae Adams does too, or was he on that team? No. He was not on the, the 019. That was way before him. Yeah. Then what the fuck? I know. 
So maybe maybe it is like, hey, my career's short. I'm gonna go sign somewhere that's gonna yeah, give me it, a shit ton of money. It seems the priority is money for these guys and not championships. Ah, uh, Springer suffered. Oh, fucking what a stupid. He got pegged hard. Yeah, but sometimes baseball players are still just goddamn wimps. So the headline that just popped up was Blue Jays outfielder suffered. I don't, right know. I don't want to take a baseball like ninety plus miles per hour into my forearm or any part Suck of my body. Fuck it up. <laughs> It's a bruise. You got your arm bruised. Just suck it up and keep playing. Well, I mean, it's the bone right. You could break a bone. I guess. But he didn't break a bone, did he? Or it would have said broken bone. Yeah. Whatever. I want to go look at Debo Samuel's agent and who else he represents. Tori, Tori Dandy? That's a great He name. also represents Terry McLaurin, who's also holding out from the commanders. Still feels weird seeing that. Goddamn. Inside of Bakari? Terry Nandy's name's co head of CAA's football division. Uh, okay. Tony Dandy, agent, roster. Client roster includes AJ Brown, Chris Godwin. Eddie Goldman, Marshawn Lattimore, Shaq Lawson, Denzel Ward, Sammy Watkins, Devin White, and Mike Williams, among others. <laughs> Are you nervous for the 49ers if Debo Samuel leaves then? Uh, not really, because I feel Debo was a product of the system that was used. Because look at the running backs that the Niners have used the last couple of years. Like, Raheem Mostert is gone now. Yeah. But the Niners still have a great rushing attack. And with Debo, I feel Ayuk is the same mold and same player as he is. So he can totally take over that role if he wanted to. Yeah. But I would still prefer Debo come back to the team. But come on. Like, uh, I almost don't want him back just because of, like, this diva attitude that they have about wanting to get paid. It's tough I though. It. Like I and I know we've we've talked about this before, but in football it's it is hard because football more than any other sports has that possibility of getting injured and that's it. Yeah, and not guaranteed contracts either. Yeah. So I I do I sympathize with the players more uh, than than probably a lot of other sports. I feel like the Niners if if people want more money, the Niners would say, yes, okay, we will give you whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you want to leave the contract and come back as, as just put a mustache on and say you're Debo yeah, yeah. Smammy Wolf? You write, that, you, you write that number down. We'll make it work. Yeah, okay. Just slide the paper to us and we'll say, okay. So do you, I said my smutty sense was tingling. Do you think there's anything, any other reason aside from me wants to get paid? No. This stinks like the Aaron Rodgers situation and Devontae Adams. It's such a risk because, like, the public didn't quite well. I think they did turn on Aaron Rodgers when he did that, but then quickly embraced him back. But the public could turn on you. I look at um, Looney Tunes, my Antonio Brown, and his holdout, yeah. and who's the other guy that held out? Oh, he's also nowhere right now on the Steelers. 
on Steelers. Oh, um, Le'Veon Bell. That's it. Like, where the fuck is he now? Like, the public, those guys, the public was like, no, no, no. You guys are, no, no, yeah. no. So, like, the, the, the public could very easily turn on you. So that's a, well, that's a risk. Some of the fan bases have already turned on Debo, according to little comments I've seen on Twitter so far. So was he on some kind of rookie contract? Like, was he like it wasn't he wasn't getting paid before? I mean, he wasn't making Devontae Adams money. He was, I would say, like it was a bridge contract because he was past his rookie deal. I think but, it's his fourth, fifth year in the league right now, so it wouldn't pass his rookie deal. Oh no, he has one up. year left. Yeah, he has one year left on his contract. So why not just serve it out, get paid, or look for that extension with the Niners? Because I'm sure the Niners want to give you the money. They want to win. When did this... So this article came out today. DBO Samuel says, Only people who know the truth about the trade request are me, the agents, and the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel has requested a trade, posted comments about his current situation via Twitter, and has since deleted tweet on Monday. Debo Samuel's now deleted tweet says only he, his agent, and the 49ers know what's happening. Samuel told Jeff Darling he requested a trade. That part is not in question. The reasons for the request are not known at this point. Hmm. Huh. Huh. Very, very curious yeah, now. So he's got one more year left at $3.9 million. So yeah, I, I yeah. would imagine would want to raise. And that's fine. We will give you $20 million a year if that's what you want. Average wide receiver. Yeah, so pulling this stunt, not that it's really a stunt, because I do agree they need to get paid, it is it, like the fan base could, could really turn on you. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking wide receiver contract salaries. Looking at some of the top guys. And then you guys look at a guy like Cooper Cup who shows up to voluntary camp, yeah. underpaid, and says, you know, I will do my job and I will get paid when I get paid, essentially. Yeah. Which is next year. Yeah. So we're looking at Debo. So people getting paid more annually than Debo Sammy. He said it was three point what? 3.9. Okay. 3.9. We have Aaron Lazard, Devontae Hardy, Jacoby Myers, Brian Pringle, Jamal Agnew, Kendrick Boone, Devonta Smith, Keelan Cole, Braxton Berrios, Marvin Jones, Jalen Waddell, uh, Cedric Chase, Jam- Ced- sorry, Cedric Wilson Jr., Jamar Chase. So, like, there's lots of people that don't have the same name pull as him that are getting paid more so that's probably going to piss him off a bit Tyre- now Debo's also had a history of injury as well so this was his like really first like full year yep well there's and he made the most there's no one on the Niners on this list no the the Niners best paid wide receiver is Brandon Ayuk Ayuk yeah, and that's his rookie deal. That's interesting. Because he was a first-round pick. Debo was a second-round pick. Interesting. Tyreek Hill is the highest-paid wide receiver at 30. Jesus Christ. Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Stefan Diggs with the Bills at $24 million a year. DJ Moore. 
Lols. Uh, the Panthers at 20 million, Keenan Allen at 20 million, Mike Williams with the Chargers at 20 million, and Amari Cooper at 20 million, and Chris Godwin with the Bucks also at 20 million. Yeah, I can see looking yeah. at those names and being like, why the fuck am I not up there? That's fine. The Niners will, will pay you accordingly. Absolutely. Yeah, just I do have it. no doubt that they wanted to. Just, yeah. Hey. Hey. Pay me. Yeah, okay. Here's the money. Great. Good job. <laughs> Uh, was there anything else in, in the thread you wanted to talk about? Uh, Aside from the John Daly Hooters thing, which is the greatest thing I've ever read in my entire <laughs> life. I also read it and forgot to send it to you guys. So Hooters has signed John Daly the second to the first agreement for a college athlete. The Dailies will promote the world-famous Hooters brand through various marketing activities, including significant roles in the social media and other channels. What a great story. I just no kidding. I really hope he makes it to the PGA. I really hope he becomes a successful golfer. So you see the guys with their tailor made, their KPMG, and then it's he just okay comes hooters. out with fucking hooters. <laughs> That's just And his dad got the nice beard going. I did not know he had that going for him. What a what a great what a great integration with, with golf in general. That Hooters yeah. is coming into this space. The fact that it's John Daly's kid is also fucking fantastic. Because <laughs> is it? It's the so it's the Arnold Palmer is iced tea and lemonade. Yeah. And then the John Daly is iced tea, lemonade, and vodka. So like I've always had John Daly tied in with just being fucking shit housed, and I <laughs> feel like no one goes to Hooters sober. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Mark, have you been to Hooters? It's been, I want to say, almost 10 years because we had a Hooters here in Hamilton. It is now a furniture store, so I can't. I all power, obviously, this is not knocking anyone that works at Hooters. This is not knocking anyone that goes to Hooters. But I feel since Hooters became a thing, kind of slutty waitresses are everywhere now. Yeah, it's not like I, I've, I go to a freaking uh, like a Jack Astor's, like, like especially in Burlington. Every single waitress is like just yeah, top five. Yeah, was, well, what do I got to do to get tips? Here are my boots. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, like, we go to there was a a dive bar sponsored Dave's baseball team, and then we stopped going because the owners are very anti-vax and openly anti-vax, and also played on the baseball team. Uh, but all of the waitresses were like. I'm just going to tape napkins right here and I'm going to serve you like this. And it's like, good for you. Yeah. Do do whatever you need to do to get tips and make money. But slutty yeah. waitresses are kind of a thing everywhere. I was, we were downtown recently for something else. And there was a Hooters at, oh, uh, like Spadine. No, it's Adelaide and John, I think. It's been there forever. You've probably walked by it a thousand times going to the Jays game. The fact that of all the places that closed during the pandemic and Hooters survived. <laughs> great job. What a what a great tie-in. But I can't I can't think of anything else I wanted to yell at you about today. Uh so I might I might hockey. finish my one. We did, not soccer, so Tyler's cringing somewhere. Uh, 
Raptors are currently up by two. It's the fourth, so we should go and finish the game. I'm just so thankful that they're back at home. It just feels, it feels good. And I heard a quote on Sportsnet this morning was, this, a series isn't over until the home team loses. Yeah. And, and I really like that. And there is something electric about playing at home. Uh, at Especially the, in basketball. In yeah. basketball, uh, at the ACC, with Jurassic Park. Like, there, there is being a part of it when they won the championship, like it, it really is palpable that like the feeling of, of a fan of, in Toronto. You know what's funny? That was actually the last time they even hosted a playoff game. Yeah. Actually, real. This is right now. Was the championship? Because there was a bubble the year after. Yeah. Yep. And then they were, did they miss the playoffs and then made it in the bubble last the year? Last year. No, no. But then they were yeah. in the bubble the year after they won. And it's yeah. it's hard, yeah. This this is their first game back home, so I'm just game, yeah. I'm happy. Uh, so let let's let as end of recording, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tiki Talkie, all that fun stuff. At Scotch Sporting, I will f- refuse to edit this. So if you've made it all the way through to the end of this podcast, I apologize for all the pauses and ums and ahs and whatever. I might send this to Chris to throw up the intro, but otherwise, thanks for listening, everybody.